Hey, everybody, and welcome to season three of NFL Insights with Brennan Rampey. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the podcast, Brennan picks straight up NFL winners and losers, maybe some fantasy analysis in there. Last uh, season, he was 70 games over 500, and he's looking to do even better this year. And without further ado, We'll start off with the New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons and take it away, Brennan. Divisional games are always weird. No matter what the record is, uh, anything can happen. I think uh, I remember 2019 when the Patriots, all they needed to do was beat the bad Dolphins to get a first round bye, and they lost at home. Um, I know both teams are uh, haven't played a game yet, but uh, this should be, an, this should be uh, one to... One to watch, uh, the Saints and Falcons. This is the first game since 2005 where neither Drew Brees or Matt Ryan is with these teams. A fact I only learned on NBC during the, the kickoff game. So about the Saints, the defense looks to be as good as ever. They got guys like Cameron Jordan, Demario Davis, Marshawn Lattimore, and they signed safeties Marcus May and Tyron Matthew, which makes the secondary really good looking. But the offensive side is what concerns me because, uh, Michael Thomas essentially hasn't played in two years. Their first round, one of their two first round picks, left tackle Trevor Penning, suffered a foot injury that will sideline him until at least November. Jameis Winston is coming off of a torn ACL, and Sean Payton is no longer the coach. It's Dennis Allen who's more defensive-minded. But the, despite all those things, I think they will be okay against the Falcons. They traded away Matt Ryan to the Colts for only a third-round pick. The both they they look pretty bad on offense and defense. They their, their quarterback now is Marcus Mariota, and they also drafted Cincinnati quarterback Desmond Ritter in the third round, who may or may not be the future quarterback of the team. I guess they'll probably probably know that uh, after the season ends, but um, I think I like the Saints to win, and, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it's by more than 10 points. Okay, let's. Uh, this is the game that everybody's looking at. Baker's revenge. The Browns come into Carolina to face their former, what they thought was going to be franchise quarterback. Of course, we know that they, uh, the Browns, went out and signed uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, led to all kinds of controversy, and here we are. What do you see happening here? So I've been seeing the spread change throughout the week. The Panthers were favored by two and a half. Then one and a half. Now all of a sudden the Browns are favored by one and a half. One and a half. And honestly, I don't get it. Like you said, the Browns acquired Deshaun Watson, but he was accused of over twenty sexual mis. He was accused of sexual misconduct by over twenty women, and he got suspended eleven games for it, which essentially ends their season before it has even started. Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback, but he's a decent backup, but not a seventeen-game starter. The Browns are also dealing with some offensive line issues as they had two centers. Uh, they lost two centers to season ending injuries and they've just been dealing with distractions all with all off season long. And um, the Panthers, uh, they were a pretty solid team on defense all year long, but they were held back by a terrible offense, which was all the quarterback's fault. Sam Darnold, uh, people thought a, a change of scenery would maybe be the best for him, but no, he's just terrible and he's a bust, but Mayfield is completely different than Sam Darnold. I know they were draft classmates, but Mayfield was the number one overall pick. He led the Browns to the playoffs for the first time in like 20 years, and they even won a playoff game. And Sam Darnold, I don't think, will ever win a playoff game. And uh, Mayfield's a bit of a personality, and I know he holds 
a grudge against the Browns for essentially giving up on him after he, he gave them his all for four years and he played through an injury last year and they were still in most of those games and they finished with an eight and nine record. I think if the Browns kept Baker Mayfield, I think they would be, they would be pretty good this season, but no, I think it's going to be, the Browns are going to be pretty bad once again, I think. So I'm going to take the Panthers to win this one. All right, let's go to Soldier Field, where the 49ers, led by rookie Trey Lance, will be coming into Soldier Field to try to start off 1-0. and What do you see happening here? Well, he's not exactly a rookie, but he kind of is. Lance was drafted with the third overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. The 49ers traded, up, traded two future first-round picks to get him, so there's a lot of pressure on, on him. The Bears also traded a the Bears traded just one first-round pick to get their quarterback in the same draft, Justin Fields. Fields had a really rough rookie season, thanks to Matt Nagy, who had who was terrible at play calling, and the Bears just didn't have many uh, playmakers at the wide receiver position or offensive line. And uh, they proceeded to hire Matt Eberflus, a defensive-minded coach, when they should, probably should have gone for another offensive-minded head coach. The offensive line is even... Worse, in a way, despite acquiring Alex Leatherwood, former Raiders first-round pick off of waivers. The wide receiver room outside of Darnell Mooney is just full of guys, people that uh, are decent enough wide receivers, but they're not uh, defensive coordinators aren't game planning for them. After Darnell Mooney, there's guys like Byron Pringle, um, Equinemia St. Brown, and um, Amir Smith-Marset, who they acquired, got off waivers from the Vikings. But... Um, the 49ers are the biggest unknown of the of the year for me. Uh, if they were to go all the way to the Super Bowl, that wouldn't surprise me. And if they were to, like, miss the playoffs, I don't think that would really surprise me either. But I don't know about missing the playoffs because there's too much talent on this team. And they still have Jimmy Garoppolo in case Lance still isn't ready. He only played, Lance only played two games last season going one and one in those starts. And and uh, if he's not ready to go, Garoppolo will, will play. Um, Kittle's George Kittle status is uncertain for this game and the 49ers did lose some offensive linemen and because Lance is essentially a rookie playing on the road I'm going to go crazy and pick the Bears here that is surprising you rarely ever pick the Bears um, let's check in on uh, one of the Super Bowl teams from last year the Bengals as they will welcome in their divisional rival Steelers who are now quarterbacked by Mitch Trubisky. Um, what do you see happening in this game? So it really made no sense, in my opinion, to give Mitchell Trubisky a two-year, around $20 million contract. He was meh with the Bears, and then he signed a one-year contract with the Bills just to be a backup, then played a little bit after they were like blowing out teams or if they got blown out themselves. I mean, he looked okay as a backup, but in my opinion, that's all he is. But the Steelers gave him a ton of money then proceeded to draft Kenny Pickett in the first round, who was the only first-round quarterback taken this year. So Trubisky will start for a while until Pickett is ready. I don't think Pickett will have to wait very long. But, yeah, it's pretty. It's, the Steelers did improve their roster. The offensive line is better. They drafted rookie wide receiver George Pickens, who had an amazing preseason. And uh, the defense uh, is still mostly the same with stars like T.J. Watt, Cameron Hayward, and, and Minka Fitzpatrick. But... I think they're going to have a hard time against the Bengals. The Bengals swept them last year. The Bengals uh, caught everybody by surprise last year, including myself. No one thought they would even come close to making the Super Bowl, but they did that, and they were so close to um, 
Joe Burrow has got all the same uh, weapons as last year, with but they have some new tight ends after CJ Uzama left for the Jets. Uh, the main thing that the main the Bengals' downfall was the offensive line last year, as Burrow was sacked around seventy times, which is crazy. And they went out and improved their offensive line by signing former Patriot center Ted Karras, former Cowboys right tackle Leal Collins, and former Buccaneers guard Alex Kappa. So this is a drastically improved unit. I know the Steelers have those good players up front on the defensive line, but I don't think they're. I think they're going to have a hard time getting to Burrow, and uh, it might be a defensive struggle. But I like. But the Bengals have the better quarterback, and they're at home, so I'm going to take the Bengals here. Okay, let's head up to Detroit, uh, uh, where the Eagles will be coming in to uh, face the Lions. Lions, of course, run hard knocks this season, and everybody kind of fell in love with them. And I think a lot of people are expecting uh, the Lions to take a a step forward. What do you think? I'm not so sure about that. I think they'll win more than three games, but I don't think they're going to get really close to the playoffs. I think around six or seven wins, perhaps. But um, the Lions lost uh, to the Eagles last year at home with a most with a way more inferior Eagles team, uh, and they lost like 44 to six or something. And the Eagles had one of the best off seasons of any team. They traded for AJ Brown. Oh, star wide receiver. Then they picked up free agent wide receiver Zach Pascal, which I thought was underrated. And then they went, they went all all out on defense. They signed cornerback James Bradbury, linebacker Hassan Reddick. They traded for defensive back Chauncey Gardner Johnson from the Saints, who I think can play either cornerback or safety. And then they drafted Georgia players defensive tackle Jordan Davis and then Georgia linebacker Nicobe Dean. So. This defense is way is way improved, and the offense is too. I think Jalen Hurts is going to take a big step as a passer and as as an overall quarterback. And the Lions are mostly the same team as last year. They signed DJ Chark to a one-year deal, and the main f- focus was on the draft, where they selected eight, defensive end Aiden Hutchinson, second overall from Michigan, and then their second first their second first-round pick was wide receiver Jamison Williams from Alabama, who they traded up twenty spots for. With the Vikings, they traded up 20 spots for a guy who tore his ACL in the national championship game in Alabama, at Alabama, and he's going to miss the first four games of the season at least. So he's not going to be out there, which isn't good for a Lions team that has one of the worst wide that had one of the worst wide receiver cores cores in the league last season, and one that also looks pretty average still, even though they have DJ Chark. So I don't know about a blowout, but again, but. It wouldn't surprise me, and I think the Eagles are the way better team, and I think it'll show. Okay. Let's take it down to Texas and check in uh, as Houston welcomes in their divisional rival, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, who have a new quarterback under center. Yes, for the fifth time in five years, I know, crazy, the Colts have a new quarterback. In 2018, it was Andrew Luck before he abruptly retired. In 2019, it was Jacoby Brissett. In 2020, it was Philip Rivers who proceeded to retire right after that season. And then in 2021, it was Carson Wentz, who I thought played pretty well despite the uh, disaster with the Jaguars at the very end. I thought they would have kept him, but no, they got Matt Ryan for only a third-round pick, which is pretty good because he's a Hall of Fame-level talent. But um, the thing that worries me is the Colts did lose some some offensive linemen. It's still a pretty solid unit overall, most notably center Ryan Kelly and guard Quentin Nelson, who... I think he's going to get a massive payday eventually. I don't think he's been paid yet. 
And uh, the thing that we're one another thing that worries me about, about the Colts is the wide receiver room. It looks pretty weak. They didn't. They haven't re-signed T.Y. Hilton, uh, who's been with them for about a decade. I think if they were going to re-sign him, I think they would have done it by now. So it's a mostly unproven room. They've got Michael Pittman Jr., who's who has who is a pretty good receiver for them, and I think he's their wide receiver WR one as they call it. Uh, for the Colts, uh, he's their lead wide receiver. And then they picked rookie Alec Pierce in the second round, who is expected to have a big role. And this is the risky one. The uh, Paris Campbell seems to be their third wide receiver, and he hasn't been able to stay, to stay healthy at all th- in three seasons in the league. He's flashed ability, but it's very rare. And uh, yeah, they need more, in my opinion. There's still some options out there, like Hilton, Will Fuller, and Odell Beckham Jr., to name a few. Um, the Texans uh, fired David Culley after one season, their coach, their former coach, which I thought was a very odd decision. They, they went 4-13, and and I thought four wins was a pretty good accomplishment with that record. But no, they'd wanted to go elsewhere, and then they, then they hired Lovey Smith, who was the defensive coordinator. The Texans had a pretty good draft. They got a lot of talent. It's going to take, it's, this is a multi-year re- rebuild, in my opinion. They um, among the notable players they drafted were cornerback Derek Stingley Jr., guard Kenyon Green, um, wide receiver John Mechie, although he was diagnosed with a form of leukemia and will likely miss the whole season, uh, safety Jalen Petrie, and linebacker Christian Harris. So a lot of defense, which is I think Lovey Smith's specialty, but they got some offensive talent too. Also, Florida running back Damian Pierce in the fourth round, who has been very impressive from what I've heard. They also acquired Tyler Johnson off of waivers, and their quarterback is Davis Mills, who was a third-round pick last year and who was the eighth quarterback taken. Uh, he had his ups and downs, uh, and appears, they, they appear set to give him the entire season to see what he has. He only played, he played like maybe seven games or so, and uh, it, the 2022 NFL draft was regarded as a very weak quarterback class, but next year, as I know, all of week one isn't even over yet, but 2023, the 2023 NFL draft, everyone is looking forward to those quarterbacks. It's expected to be a much uh, better class headlined by Alabama quarterback Bryce Young and, and Ohio State quarterback CJ Stroud. So if the Texans are going to have like a top two pick, that would probably mean Mills wouldn't work out and they would probably draft one of those two. But we'll see. Uh, I think this game will be a lot closer than people think. Divisional matchups are always there's always there's always there's always uncertainty there, and Colts linebacker Shaquille Leonard is out for this game. But uh, I'm going to go take the Colts, but I think it might be closer than people think. All right, let's stick with the division games as we head down to Miami, where the Dolphins will welcome in the Patriots. How do you see this one going? Uh, to a Vailoa, the Dolphins' third-year quarterback, who is in a make-or-break season, is undefeated against the Patriots. Uh, I'm pretty meh on. Tua. He hasn't been able to stay healthy uh, over the past two years. Uh, I don't have anything against left-handed quarterback, left-handed quarterbacks, but uh, he's he might be the only one right now that I know of. And uh, yeah, lack of big arm strength in my opinion, and physically not all that great either. But um, the Dolphins have had a winning record uh, the past um, two seasons in a row under former coach Brian Flores, who they very unexpectedly fired. And I thought that was a that was a terrible decision. Flores should still be a head coach in this league, and maybe someday he'll get an opportunity. But as of right now, he's the linebackers coach on the Steelers. So they instead they hired a 49ers uh, offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniel. And um, 
the Dolphins, uh, they were already a talented team, but they got even more talented. They signed wide receivers. Tyree, they got Tyree Kill in a trade with the Chiefs, and then they signed wide receiver Cedric Wilson. So that's a very talented wide receiver room there. They signed left tackle Teron Armstead to um, bolster the offensive line, and then they signed running backs Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert, which is a very crowded and deep running back room. The Patriots are mostly the same as last year. They had a very um, questionable draft, as they mostly do. I know Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time, but as but when it comes to the draft, not very good. Um, mostly the same team as last year, and uh, not very good, especially with everything that went on in the, in, in the AFC, with the Colts getting Matt Ryan and the Broncos getting Russell Wilson. The Patriots look like a very average team, and there's been a little bit of a controversy over the offensive coordinator. There really isn't an official offensive coordinator. It's been it's been uh, Matt. It's going to be either Matt Patricia or Joe Judge, and both of those guys didn't do well as head coaches at all. And offense isn't isn't really either of their specialty. So yeah, two is undefeated against the Patriots. I think the Patriots are headed for a, a down year. So I'm going to take the Dolphins here. Okay, let's. Uh... Go to MetLife Stadium, and uh, where we'll see the Jets welcome in the Ravens. Um, I think you might be considering this one for lock of the week. Yes, I am. Uh, both of these teams had a pretty good draft and off season, and there was a lot of there was optimism around the Jets. I don't think anyone was no one was picking them to win the Super Bowl, but there were but people were expecting a big time improvement from a four and thirteen season, and people thought Zach Wilson would take another step, which might still be possible, but here's the bad news. He's out at least the first three weeks after suffering an injury in the preseason. On top of that, their 2020 first-round pick, Mekhi Becton, suffered a season-ending injury in camp. He can't stay healthy, and I unfortunately, I unfortunately think he's a bust. And But the guy they signed to replace him, longtime veteran Dwayne Brown, is out for this game, and he might go on IR himself, which is no good. The offensive line looks pretty shaky. And filling in for Zach Wilson will be former Ravens quarterback Joe Flacco. Flacco might have a lot more experience than Zach Wilson, but he's old, he's not mobile, and his arm strength is uh, in decline. And the Ravens, I think they're going to be dominating this one. They've got a a deep running back room with guys like J.K. Dobbins, Mike Davis, and Kenyon Drake. They've got a decent, not great wide receiver room with guys like Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, and Demarcus Robinson. And they got they have tight they have Mark Andrews at tight end and fourth round pick Isaiah Likely also at tight end who who emerged in the preseason as a someone who will probably have a big role and Lamar Jackson didn't get a con- the contract extension he wanted but which I think will the Ravens will come to regret because he is a good quarterback and I think they're going to be set for another good season this year which I think will only make his price go up. I think Jackson's going to do good running and passing, and I just uh, I just see dominance here. There you have it. Lock of the week. Um, let's head to Washington, where the Commanders will be welcoming in the Jaguars. And uh, a lot of people expecting the Jaguars to make uh, some progress, uh, especially Trevor Lawrence in his second season as they move on from the debacle that was Urban Meyer. Yeah, that guy was the worst coach in NFL history by far. I don't think it was even close. If you get if you get fired after one season, you're pretty bad. But if you can't even make it until the end of your first season, that's even worse. So yes, the Jaguars hired Doug Peterson, who won the Super Bowl with the Eagles when Carson Wentz was his quarterback. 
Now he's with the Jaguars, so that's a much more stable presence in the locker room. And he's an offensive-minded head coach. But what, but what concerns me is that uh, the wide receiver room is pretty lackluster. They made some additions, but there was also some subtractions. They got rid of Laquan Treadwell, which, I mean, it's not a big deal. But then they traded wide receiver LaVisca Chenault to the, the Panthers. And, um, yeah, they've got their main wide receivers appear to be Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, which were two free agent additions, and Marvin Jones Jr., who was signed last year. He's a bit on the older side. They also signed Evan Engram at tight end and Travis Etienne. They're a first-round selection from last year. A running back is set to make his NFL debut after missing all of last season with an injury suffered in preseason. They also um, bolstered their defense with their two first-rounders they picked. Georgia defensive end slash outside linebacker Trayvon Walker with the first overall pick. And then they drafted Utah linebacker Devin Lloyd with in the, in the, the 20, the twenties range. He is more, more of a traditional linebacker. So yes, the commanders uh, traded for Carson Wentz after he, uh, he was one and done with the Colts. He had a pretty good statistical year, but he couldn't uh, get the Colts in the playoffs when it mattered the most. All he had to do was beat the Jaguars and, um, they failed miserably, and that's why the Colts moved on from him. And unfortunately, or, or maybe fortunately, depending on how you look at it, Wentz is going up against the Jaguars right away. I think the Commanders have a better weapons than the Colts do right now. And yes, I think they have better weapons than the Colts right now. But um, I don't know how he's going to feel about it. I don't know if he's scared of the Jaguars after what they did to him last year and it is a, a mostly improved ro- it has a much improved roster or maybe he's looking at the opportunity as I can't wait for revenge the commanders do have a deep defensive line even though Chase Young will miss the first four games of the season I think they've got a pretty good um they, they have pretty good weapons like such as Terry McLaurin Curtis Samuel and rookie first round pick Jahan Dotson but uh I think it could be I think it'll be a defensive type of game and uh this is really one of the biggest toss-ups of the week, but the Commanders are at home, so I'm going to go with them, I suppose. Okay, and we'll go to Tennessee, where the Titans will welcome in the Giants. I thought that this could have potentially been a uh, a lock of the week as well, but I think uh, pretty close. Yes, I'm pretty confident about this one, especially after seeing the Injury report. The Titans were the number one seed in, in the AFC last year, going 12-5, and five, despite a ton of injuries. And even though they got healthy after a week of rest, they were going up against the Bengals at home, and they they uh, they failed. They, they really disappointed. Ryan Tannehill threw three interceptions, all of which were very costly. And as a result of that, perhaps, the Titans drafted Liberty quarterback Malik Willis in the third round, who had a very... Who had an impressive preseason and could could potentially be the future quarterback of this franchise? But um, so yeah, the, the Titans uh, they had some subtractions, the, some 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 subtractions. They got rid of AJ Brown. They traded him to the Eagles, which was a big uh, a pretty bad decision in my opinion. But they did draft Traylon Burks in the first round, a wide receiver, a rookie wide receiver from Arkansas, who is is built, who looks very similar to AJ Brown. They also got released Julio Jones after just one season. So their main wide receivers appear to be Traylon Burks, Robert Woods, who they acquired in a trade from the Rams, and uh, another rookie named Kyle Phillips. They also signed tight end Austin Hooper, and, and running back Derrick Henry is set to return after missing most of the season. 
So yeah, a lot of people don't think they'll make the playoffs, but um, I think it's a two-team race in the AFC South. I think it's between the Colts and the Titans. This is still a very talented team. Um, the rookie wide receivers, I think, will play a big role. The Derrick Henry is maybe the best running back in football. I know Jonathan Taylor has uh, emerged as a challenger to that opinion. And the defense is still very talented, even though they've lost Harold Landry to a torn ACL in practice, which really sucked. He was, he was a, which really sucks to see. He was a, he was a linebacker for them. Uh, the Giants, uh, they hired a, a new head coach, Brian Dable, and uh, Daniel Jones is still the quarterback, which uh, is pretty disappointing. He's had his fifth-year option declined, uh, can't stay healthy, and commits way too many turnovers. I know there was a lot of injuries as well, and everyone looks to be fully healthy on the offensive side, and the offensive line does look does look a lot better than it ever has, but uh, I've got my doubts. And on the defensive side for the Giants, um, linebackers Aziz, linebacker Aziz Ojolari is out. He, you know, he's doubtful, which means he's not going to play. And then first-round linebacker Kayvon Thibodeau, one of their two first-round picks, he is also doubtful after suffering an injury in the preseason. So the Giants are essentially going to have no pass rush against the Titans, so Ryan Tannehill is going to have all day to throw, and I think that's a pretty good fantasy option right there. Uh, so yeah, I think the Titans are going to win this one, and I don't think they're going to be worrying too much. Let's head to uh, Arizona, where the Cardinals will be welcoming in the Chiefs, and uh, I've just recently learned that you're down on the Cardinals. Yes, I am. They started off they started off good in 2020 before crumbling apart. Then they made the playoffs in 2021. They started off 7-0, and then they just fell apart near the end, going just finishing off 11-6. Then they proceeded to get destroyed by the eventual Super Bowl champion Rams on the road. Under Cliff Kingsbury, they have a history of starting off good and then just falling apart at the halfway point. But um, I just don't think they're going to start off, start off well in the first place. They... They lost Christian Kirk, wide receiver Christian Kirk, and defensive end Chandler Jones in free agency. Then they got unfortunate news that wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, their number one wide receiver, will be suspended the first six games of the season. And then just I'm just now finding this out. Wide receiver Rondale Moore is not playing in this game. They did acquire Marquise Brown from the Ravens for a first-round draft pick, but the depth, at least for a week, one because of no Rondell Moore is looking really thin. It's just it looks to be Marquise Brown, uh, 2019 second round pick, Andy Isabella, who could never really uh, find himself with the Cardinals. He not exactly a bust, but maybe would benefit from a change of scenery. Uh, didn't hasn't done much in three years in Arizona. It's going to be Brown, Isabella, AJ Green, uh, Antoine Wesley, I believe, and and Greg, and Greg Dortch, who had a pretty impressive preseason. They also have tight ends Zach Ertz and rookie Trey McBride, and they have James Conner, who was pretty good last season. But my concerns is uh, with the wide receivers. They still have some talent there, but it's a pretty thin group, and on, and defensively is where my biggest concerns are. Uh, like I said, Chandler Jones left, and they're relying on two third-round picks to, to f replace that production. A defensive lineman Cameron Thomas, who can either be a defensive end or a defensive tackle, and then defensive end My Jai Sanders. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's M Y J A I. Uh, they're going to be relying on those two to replace a hall of a future Hall of Famer's production, and uh, they're very thin at cornerback. Also, JJ Watt is a game time decision, which is uh, it should, which should make Cardinals fans nervous for sure. 
And uh, the Chiefs, they were so close to winning the Super Bowl, they had a 21-3 lead against the Bengals at Arrowhead, and they blew it. And they probably would have won the Super Bowl if they didn't blow it. They lost Tyreek Hill and Tyron Matthew. They traded Hill to the Dolphins, and Matthew signed with the Saints. But this team still looks like a Super Bowl contender. They signed wide receivers Marquez Valdez, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and uh, Juju Smith-Schuster in free agency. They signed Justin Reed to replace Tyron Matthew, a safety, uh, who is good, but not as good as Tyron Matthew. But the draft is where they... The draft is where they built their roster, improved their roster even more, and they drafted several rookies who are who they are they are expecting to to be playing a big role this year. They their two first rounders were cornerback Trent McDuffie and defensive end George Karloftis, who should be great additions to a defense that uh, gave up a lot of points last year, especially in the playoffs. They also drafted second round. They also drafted rookie wide receiver Sky Moore in the second round, who is going to be a playing a role in that uh, crowded wide receiver room. So yeah, like I said, the Cardinals are very thin at cornerback, and I think Patrick Mahomes will probably torch this defense, and I think it, he's a good fantasy option for sure. My um, offense, I think, is going to do be just fine this game and overall without Tyree Kill because they still have Travis Kelsey too. I think the offense is going to come out on fire, and I think the defense will have a very good performance. I think they're going to win. Do you uh, think that Andy Isabella might be a, a sneaky uh, DraftKings play? I suppose because of all the injuries and suspensions and whatnot. Thanks. All right. Uh, this is another good one that uh, on the late slate, the uh, LA Chargers welcoming in the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, we all remember uh, the last time we saw these two teams go up against each other. How do you see it shaking out this time? Yes, that was one insane game in 2021 Week 18 where the Raiders won a 35-32 to overtime thriller where they kicked a field goal on the during the final seconds. Now, like, uh, like that one line in the song California Love, let me welcome everybody to the wild, wild west. This AFC West is the craziest division I have seen in recent memory. I know the NFC West was good last year where the Cardinals made the playoffs and the Rams, the Rams won the Super Bowl and they played the 49ers in the NFC Championship, but... Um, this looks crazy, man. Uh, the Raiders, I think they're going to finish fourth, but there's still a lot of talent here. It's not like they're a terrible team. They've got Derek Carr, who's a good, not great quarterback. They've got Josh Jacobs, who's fifth-year option. They declined for some reason. They acquired Devontae Adams in a huge trade with the Packers, who I think might be the best wide receiver in the league. They also have Hunter Renfro, who's a, who's also who's a, who's a great number two wide receiver. And they have tight end Darren Waller, who's essentially... A wide receiver, but my concerns is that um, that there's a big lack of depth after Adams and Renfro. It, it appears Mac Holland, it seems, will be their third wide receiver, and I don't really know who's behind those three. They cut Demarcus Robinson, and he immediately signed with the Ravens. I think they might regret that, as Robinson's a pretty good player. Um, defensively, there's a lot of talent. Max Crosby is great, and he signed a massive extension. They got Chandler Jones in free agency, and there's talent on the in the secondary too the cornerback Rocky Sin who they acquired from the from the Colts and there's Jonathan Abram who has flashed ability but hasn't been able to stay healthy um, my the big concern the big concern about the Raiders is the offensive line for me um, they cut Alex Leatherwood just a year after drafting him and it's a mostly mediocre unit and the Chargers they had a great offseason themselves uh, they got 
Khalil Mack in a trade from the Bears, which will form a elite pass rushing duo with Joey Bosa. And they signed cornerback J.C. Jackson, and they'll also sign tight end Gerald Everett and improved their offensive line, which was already pretty good by selecting Boston College guard Zion Johnson in the first round. So yeah, these two teams, they're really talented. The Chiefs are talented. They're going to be a, a problem for the next decade. As, they're going to be good for the next decade, as long as Patrick Mahomes is quarterback, and we'll get to it later. But the Denver Broncos got Russell Wilson in, in a trade from the Seahawks. So all four of these teams look amazing, and they might all look pretty good, and they might all finish with a winning record. But the concern I have about the Chargers is that cornerback J.C. Jackson, who they signed to be a number one lockdown cornerback, is listed as doubtful for this game after he underwent a recent ankle surgery. And you need all the cornerbacks you can get going, defensive backs you can get when you're going up against Adams, Renfro, and Darren Waller. They still have some good cornerbacks on the roster, such as Asante Samuel Jr., Bryce Callahan, and I think they still have Chris Harris Jr., and they have safety Derwin James, who just who just signed a massive extension. Um, I think this will be a close one. I think it'll be a fun one, but I like the Chargers to win. I think it'll be close, though. Okay, here's one I know is uh, close to your heart. For those of you who don't know, Vernon is a Vikings fan, and they will be welcoming in the uh, reigning NFL MVP, Aaron Rodgers, and his Green Bay Packers. And I'm going to say that I'm down on the Packers this year. Uh, it wouldn't be surprising to see the Packers, like I just mentioned, they traded Devontae Adams to the Raiders for a first and second round draft pick. I don't honestly I don't think that's enough. I would have I would have asked for two first round picks and a player. So yeah, they traded the best wide receiver in the NFL away. They did have a pretty solid draft, but they got rid of Adams. Then Mark Valdez Scantling left to sign with the Chiefs. And then linebacker Zadarius Smith, even though he missed most of the season for the Packers, he proceeded to sign with the Vikings. And there's some offensive line uh, question marks and, and as you might expect, wide receiver question marks after Adams and Valdez Scantling left. David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins are both questionable for this game. Jenkins suffered a torn ACL against the Vikings in their first meeting last year. And David Bakhtiari tore his ACL in a practice in 2020, missed the playoffs, then missed almost all of 2021, and no one seems to really know uh, what's going on with him. He might play, he might not. I don't know if he'll ever regain his old form because th this seems like a really bad ACL. And uh, so yes, the Packers, with an already thin wide receiver room, have uh, just, I just learned that Alan Lazard, who they're counting on this year in a big way, is doubtful. So they're going to be relying on Randall Cobb, who I don't think is like a, a huge threat anymore. Still a good wide receiver, but not someone defensive coordinators are game planning for. Their wide receivers appear to be Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, who's been on so many teams and hasn't been able to catch on with any one of them. Cobb, Watkins, third-round pick from last year, Amari Rogers, who didn't do much of anything as a rookie, and they're going to be counting on two rookies this year, Christian Watson, who uh, they got in a trade-up with the Vikings. I didn't mention it with the Lions, but the Vikings, the Lions got Jamison Williams in a trade-up with the Vikings, so they essentially gave both of their divisional rivals rookie wide receivers. The Packers got Christian Watson in a trade-up, and then they selected, and that was in the second round, and then they got Romeo Dobbs, another rookie, in the fourth round. So they're going to be relying a lot on rookies, the wide receivers, uh, and the wide receiver and offensive line. There's a lot of big question marks there. Although I'm sure Aaron Rodgers can make it work, as he is the two-time MVP. But the, the the strength of the Packers this year looks to be their defense. It looks amazing, and it might be 
the number one overall defense in the league. They have they got Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary at the linebacker spots. Gary broke out last year after Zadari Smith missed almost the entire season. They have Kenny Clark at uh, defensive tackle. Then they signed defensive tackle Jaron Reed in free agency. And then with two first-round picks, they selected Georgia linebacker Quay Walker, who was going to be uh, was going to be paired with Devondre Campbell, who signed a massive extension to stay with the Packers. And they also drafted Devontae Wyatt, another a defensive tackle from Georgia, who's probably going to be right next to Kenny Clark. And they've got a great defensive front. They got two good-looking linebackers, and they got a deep secondary with Jair, Jair Alexander, who missed most of last year. They got Alexander, last year's first-round pick, Eric Stokes, and Rasul Douglas, who they picked up mid-season and, and became... Uh, a really good player for them. They've also got Darnell Savage Jr. and Jr. and Adrian Amos at the safety spots. So this ball, this is going to be really a, a really hard defense for teams to move the ball on, in my opinion. The Vikings had a pretty decent offseason. They got rid of Mike Zimmer finally and Rick Spielman. Uh, they should have been a playoff team last year. Every almost every game they lost on the last play. That was mostly the defense's fault, and they improved that a lot. They signed linebacker Jordan Hicks, linebackers of Darius Smith, like I just mentioned. And they drafted several defensive backs, like as their first, such as their first round pick, Lewis Seen, a safety from Georgia, and then selected uh, Clemson line, Clemson cornerback Andrew Booth Jr., who are, who are both expected to play big roles. They also selected LSU guard Ed Ingram in the second round, who is expected to most likely start right away on the offensive line. My concerns here is that there is a new coaching staff led by Kevin O'Connell. He's the new head coach. Uh, the offensive line's a, a Pretty decent, but there is question marks on the interior with Ingram, who is probably going to make his first ever NFL start. And then there's Garrett Bradbury, the center, who is very unpopular amongst Vikings fans as he is a center who is pretty good at run blocking, but not uh, run blocking and in the screen game, but not at all in pass protection. So I'm concerned about the offensive line holding up against this Packers defense. It's a brand new coaching staff, so it's, it could potentially take a while for this for people, for players to grasp to understand the system and Kirk Cousins has done pretty well against the Packers in his career but he he's a good quarterback not great sometimes he plays really good and sometimes he doesn't really show up at all and I'm gonna I'm predicting in his first game with an with a new head coach up against a fantastic looking Packers defense I think he will not show up and the Packers will just barely escape with a victory Okay, let's head down to Dallas, a team who uh, allegedly harbors Super Bowl uh, dreams, but I don't see it. They're going up against uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, and uh, that retirement didn't last very long. No, it didn't. Only like a month. And I knew he had. I think he knew he had unfinished business. They were so close to beating the Rams, even though they had a depleted offensive line and and had and they lost all their wide receivers to injury at that time last year. And yeah, the Cowboys, that always seems to be Super Bowl expectations every year, but they always seem to disappoint eventually. And um, honestly, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs this year, honestly. Uh, Mike McCarthy still the head coach. He's meh. There was there was so many penalties and bad decisions in that game versus the 49ers in the playoffs. They lost wide receivers Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson, offensive lineman Connor Williams and Lael Collins, and defensive end Randy Gregory. And then on top of that, Tyron Smith, their left tackle, who's had a hard time staying healthy recently. He suffered a hamstring injury that will keep him out until December. They signed Jason Peters, future Hall of Famer, but only to their practice squad, which I found 
a little odd. That's a lot of losses there. The Buccaneers had some losses themselves, most notably on the offensive line with guards Ali Marpet and Alex Kappa, but they were able to fill them those holes pretty well, I thought. They got Shaq Mason in, in a trade from the, from the Patriots, a guard. Then they drafted a guard in the second round this year this year named Luke Gadecki and their center, their their Pro Bowl center Ryan Jensen suffered a, a knee injury which will make him miss the entire season. And their starting center appears to be a third round pick from last year named Robert Hainsey, who didn't do much of anything at all last year. And um I think uh, these aren't just nobodies. They were drafted fairly high and I'm sure Tom Brady it'll I'm sure it'll all work out with Tom Brady. The wide receiver room that was really thin last year looks anything but thin this year. They've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin back, and then they also signed they got Russell Gage. They signed Russell Gage away from their divisional rival Falcons, and they got Julio Jones in free agency. They also have tight ends Cameron Brait, and they signed they signed Kyle Rudolph, longtime Viking. Uh, that'll be a good duo, and the defense still has a lot of talent. They've got Shaq Barrett. Uh, Joe Tryon Shoyinka, he's expected to have a big, they're expecting him to take a big step forward this season opposite of Barrett. And they've got Vita Vea and Akeem Hicks on the, the interior, which, and yeah, you can't run on this team, especially with, with those two and the linebackers, Levante David and Devin White. The secondary is pretty talented too. And uh, this was a really close game in the kickoff last year, and it might be a close one again. Todd Bowles is the new head coach replacing Bruce Arians. There's a lot of new pieces on the offensive line and wide receivers, but Brady's undefeated against Dallas in his career, and I think that will continue. I think the Buccaneers will win. It could be close, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's a a, a, a win by more than 10 points either. Okay, and then uh, we get a real treat on Monday night where we see uh, Russell Wilson in the Broncos right away taking, his former, taking on his former team uh, in Seattle, the Seahawks. Yeah, this will be really interesting to see. I remember uh, losing my mind when Russell Wilson was traded to the Broncos, and I'm not even a, a Broncos fan. I could I could see for like several years there was a talented roster being held back by bad quarterback play, like the Buccaneers before Tom Brady. And now the, the Broncos have Russell Wilson, and it's a crowded AFC West, but they look like a Super Bowl contender. They've got a great running back duo, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. They've got really good wide receivers, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and KJ Hamler. Losing Tim Patrick to a ACL in, pra- in training camp hurt, but it's still a talented group. And then they've got tight end Albert Owebunam, or Albert O, as most people call him. And then second round tight end Greg Dulcich. The offense line's pretty good. The defense has a lot of talent, most notably cornerback Patrick Sertan the second. And they signed linebacker, they signed Rand- linebacker Randy, defensive end slash linebacker Randy Gregory and defensive tackle DJ Jones to uh, upgrade the defensive line. Uh, it's a really good-looking team, but it's led by a first-year coach, Nathaniel Hackett. He's, I'm sure he, he appears to be qualified for the job, but uh, we'll see how that works out. The Seahawks, as you might expect, after trading a franchise Hall of Fame quarterback, uh, they're not going to be very good this year. They're, they were having they had an incredibly depressing quarterback competition between Geno Smith and Drew Locke, who, who was a bust with the Broncos. And uh, people thought Locke would be the would be the likely starter, but he was so terrible in preseason, he couldn't even beat out Geno Smith. So Geno Smith appears to be the quarterback for now. There's still talent at at the skill positions. Rashad Penny, Chris, not Chris Carson, he retired. Rashad Penny, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Noah Fant, who was acquired in that trade with Russell Wilson. 
but the defense has a lot of uh, the defense doesn't look very good. They they let go of Bobby Wagner, who immediately decided to sign with the Rams. Uh, I was I was surprised that Pete Carroll stayed. I think they're going to regret that, as I think it will be his last year as as um head coach of the Seahawks, and it might be. It could potentially be his last year coaching overall. I think this will be a very bad team, and 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 Pete Carroll might know Russell Wilson pretty well, but I think I see a Broncos blowout here. And there you have it, folks. Uh, be sure to uh, check Brendan out on Twitter at PhD in NFL. Uh, also, be sure to check out his work over at QBList.com, where he writes uh, an article called Beating the Spread. And this year, he will also be writing an additional article focused on the Minnesota Vikings called What We Saw, where he will provide uh, analysis of uh, each Vikings game with a couple of exceptions. All right. Thanks, as always, for listening.